and welcome to Inside Rugby League, the podcast brought to you by the Yorkshire Evening Post. My name's Richard Byram and joining me on the line again this week is my colleague Peter Smith. Peter, as regular listeners will know by now, is the Yorkshire Evening Post Chief Rugby League Writer and he also contributes match reports and other stories to our sister paper, the Yorkshire Post. And we're back this week, largely because Leeds Rhinos are through to the semi-finals of this season's playoffs, which we perhaps may have thought they would have done last week, but uh, anyway, they went to Wigan and did the job, and Peter was there to see it for us. Yeah, well, I enjoyed it. I seem to be in a small minority that did. I've seen lots of people <laughs> saying what a terrible game it was, even some Leeds fans. I thought it was what playoff rugby is all about. It was tight, um, defences on top. There weren't many chances. In fact, there weren't any chances. Um, the try lead scored came out of nothing, really. But to go to Wigan and, and keep them scoreless for the second time inside a month, I think was a terrific effort yeah. from Leeds. The the return of some key players helped Zane Tetsavano and Michelangelensky. Um, and I think it's a confidence builder for this week, which is obviously going to be a much tougher game, semi-final at Saints, coming three weeks after a 40 points to six mauling by them at TW Stadium. But Leeds have nothing to lose, really. Nobody expects them to get to the final. And I think they'll go there and, and give it a good shot. Yeah, definitely. Um, I watched the game, and say, one of those rarities again, where it was nil-nil at half-time, which I think we've discussed a few times, the first rugby league game I saw at or the second one, should I say, at Wembley, Wakefield witness in 79 was nil-nil at half-time. Uh, but in the modern game, especially with the opportunities that are created, uh, I think it's it's pretty pretty rare, isn't it, that teams going nil-nil at half-time. And well, One of our colleagues, Rich Hercock, spoke to me during the game and he said, is there much happening? And I said, well, each time I look up, it just seems to be people tackling the lives out of each other in the middle of the park. And... Uh, Anyway, in the end, Leeds did get over with through Ash Hanley, didn't they? And, mm. um, converted try and a penalty as well. But, you know, I think Leeds deserved it. As you say, the fact that they nailed Wigan uh, in a game of that magnitude, not long having after having nailed them before, it says plenty about Leeds' spirit and determination. I know Wigan haven't been in the best of form and they've certainly been uh, very low scoring, haven't they, in, in recent weeks by the standards of what you'd expect from a Wigan team. But uh, you know, I thought it was a great job by Leeds. And as you say now, nothing really to lose. And uh, that attitude may well help them against Saints. You know, again, if they can get into a, a tight game, they've certainly got the players who can score points. And uh, with Rhys Martin kicking, you've, you've always a chance as well, haven't you, of uh, banging over a few penalties or whatever, or converting a few tries. So... You know, I don't see any reason. Obviously, on paper, Saints, you would say, are the favourites. But I think, as you pointed out uh, many, many times, <laughs> playoff rugby is completely different. And uh, the other Yorkshire team through to the semis, Hull KR, also showed that, didn't they, last week? They went to Warrington with nothing to lose and, and strangely kept them to nil as well, which I think was probably the shock of this season and probably many others. Both, you know, was an absolutely tremendous achievement. Uh, by Tony Smith's men too. So it's all bubbling up nicely now, isn't it? 
I don't know if um, OKR was that much of a shock, to be honest, because Warrington always seemed to, to bottle it in the playoffs. Well, <laughs> um, it's a cruel thing to say, but um, their record isn't great considering the amount of um, of money they've spent and the number of big-name players they've, they've brought in. They really should have won a grand final by now. But um, yes, again, on the big occasion, they can win the Challenge Cup, but when it comes to, to the Super League, the big occasion, they seem to fall short. I thought they were really poor against right. OKR. But credit to OKR, they had a lot of injuries. Um, they were battered and bruised, but... Tony Smith's done something special there and I thought they were fantastic and thoroughly deserved the win. It makes me wonder whether they can do that again on Thursday night at Hull, at, um, sorry, at Catalans. I think maybe that'll be a game too far for them, but certainly if they produce that same sort of spirit, they've, they've got a chance. It was a surprise to... Leeds, I think, who were probably expecting to be going to Castellan on Thursday rather than Saints on Friday. And I actually think Saints is the tough of the two games. I'm not sure how Catalan will handle the, um, the playoffs. We shall have to see. It's difficult for the team who finished the top of the table. There's all the emotion in, in the league winning the League Leaders' Shield and sometimes teams get carried away with that. And that's not the big prize. The big prize is getting to Old Trafford and winning the grand final. And teams who finished the top of the table have found that hard. Huddersfield um, top of the table didn't get there. Um, Warrington have finished top a couple of times and not won the grand final. Cast for 10 points clear um, four years ago, didn't win the grand final. You, you just wonder whether... Castellan might have a feeling that oh, we've we've achieved something and they might have taken their eye off the ball. They had last week off, which isn't always a good thing. They lost the final two league games, which I don't think is great. You want to go into the playoffs in some sort of form and with some continuity, whether you've rested players or not. So I just think Catalan might be there for the taking, although going over to France, I imagine Hulke will be travelling there and back in the day. It's a big ask. You'd expect them, they've beaten... Hulkar three times this year, you'd expect them to win, but I wouldn't be totally surprised if um, if they didn't. As for Leeds at Saints, everything suggests it'll be, as I mentioned, it'll be a, a Saints win. But again, they've had um, they lost the last gate league game. They've had um, a bye week last week. There might be a bit of complacency in there, bearing in mind that the way the game went a few weeks ago, three weeks ago. Leeds should have a stronger side out this week. Certainly, Tetevano and Olenski will make a big difference. Alex Wormsley just rampaged through the middle of Leeds last time. But I thought in the cup game earlier in the season, when a, a very makeshift Leeds side had only lost by eight points, having been in it for throughout, um, I thought Leeds' forwards did a decent job on him. And as I've said, Leeds have nothing to lose. They can just go out that... I don't think anyone really gave them much of a hope of getting this far to the penultimate week of the season with all the injuries they've had. They've set a good platform for next year. I think they can just go out and, and give it a good crack and play off football, sudden death game. You never know. If the longer Leeds can hang in, hang in there, the more nervous Saints and their fans will get. But Leeds need to start well. They, they got a shocking start in the league game. 
couldn't get out of their own half, turned the ball over close to their own line in the first set and never got on the front foot after that. Saints always come out firing. Leeds will have to weather that storm. But if they can do and they can be in front or um, within a score at half-time, then you just you just never know. The Leeds have, have got players good enough to break the Saints' defence down. Saints are a very strong defensive side. Um, and they score a lot of points as well. But Leeds are in good form without the ball and, and they have got some strike themselves. So it, it could be... Um, it could be a closer, more interesting game than a lot of people are expecting, I think. Yeah, it'd be one that I'm certainly looking forward to. I think uh, regular listeners of ours who've followed our tips this season are probably having beans on toast for their tea tonight. So if, if we tip Catalans and Saints to get to the final, then hopefully Hulk Air and Leeds will get there. But seriously, I do think that, you know, I think Leeds have a great chance in a one-off game. When we spoke last week, we said that it wasn't like the past, or rather you pointed out that it wasn't like the past where Leeds teams had finished fifth in the table and gone on to win the final. But at the same time, a new generation of players, and as you say, getting some decent players back at just the right time is a good fillet for Leeds. And if they can make a good start and catch Saints cold and then hold on to that, then who knows? Um, certainly, as, as we keep saying, they've got nothing to lose in that regard. You know, if if they go out, then people will say, well, we didn't expect them to get there anyway. Uh, but if they can pull off a win, then all of a sudden they're there. And as we said last week, we didn't think we'd ever be talking this season about Leeds being 80 minutes from a grand final. So they've certainly got that far and proved us wrong. And, and Hulk are the same. Uh, it's a good point you make there about the various league leaders of the past. Uh, once, the, and we not just in rugby league, we've seen it in other sports as well, haven't we? Where a, a team might win, say, the Premier League with five or six games to go, having cruised through the season and been streets ahead, and then all of a sudden, uh, put the queue on the rack when the when they've won the trophy and lose forever the last five games. And sometimes, once you think in your mind, oh, the job's done and and we've won the league or we are the best team. All of a sudden, then, it, it, as Catalans have shown with their recent form, it can be hard to get that momentum going again and get back on a roll. Whereas a team like Hull KRR leads with nothing to lose, coming from lower down the table, uh, quite often get on a roll in these one-off games, and and before you know it, it's one of those kind of teams that gets to the final and quite often wins it too, as mm-hmm. as Leeds in particular have shown in the past. So I think it's all set up for a really good weekend of sport and uh, um, rugby league obviously but not only that there will be one new team at Old Trafford as well which I always think is is great for the game too you know it's it's not one of the old favourites um, so in in terms of Catalans or Hull KR there will be a new team there as it was with Salford the other year so you know that's a good positive I think for the game as well you know to get somebody else there that might draw uh, different people into watching the game who might come to see, you know, a different final from the usual ones that we've seen in recent years. Mm. Speaking of Toulouse, Batley go there on um, at the weekend in the championship playoffs. You see what I did there? That was good. That I, I one. did. It was a very a French connection and a pun all in one there. <laughs> I'm, I'm wasted on this podcast, I really am. Um, in the championship playoffs, and 
you'd expect them not to win that one, but I think Batley have been my team of the, the season in any division, really. What what they've done there to finish fourth in the championship on their limited resources, it's just a, a fantastic achievement. And then they beat Bradford last week in um, in a playoff, and they'll travel to, to France with absolutely um, no pressure on the, on their shoulders the game's on saturday um, saturday afternoon they'll just go and, and enjoy themselves and, and give it a good shot and Toulouse will um, are unbeaten this season they'll probably be too strong but what a fantastic year for for Batley Craig Lingard has done a remarkable job with them this season they play a decent brand of rugby he's obviously got a a terrific team spirit going there. It's a it's a great little club. It's Batley. They don't have any delusions of grandeur or anything like that. They're not looking to get into Super League. They're just happy to be a good team at their level. Um, they have to run a tight ship. They're not the best supported side, but what a what a fantastic season they've had. They've upset some of the the big guns. Uh, no winners have fallen on hard times, but the beat winners a couple of times, beating Bradford, um, done one away at Halifax. Worked wonders, really, on a very limited budget. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's great to see them getting a little bit of publicity, playing in Sky Televised playoff games at the end of the season. And um, long may it continue. The other, sem- the other so say semi-final, the other um, playoff this weekend is... Um, Featherstone against Halifax. Featherstone obviously at home because um, because they finished second in the table. You, you'd think that Featherstone would be too strong for um, for Halifax as well. Halifax have done pretty well this season. I don't think there were anyone's fancies really to um, to finish as high as third, but they've they've achieved that this year. They had a good win in the playoffs against Whitehaven next week. But I think Featherstone will have the edge this week, assuming that they're fully switched on and they, they um, aren't too affected by the bye week they had last week. I think it might be quite a tight first half, maybe for the first hour, but I'd expect Featherstone just to have too much class towards the end of, um, end of that game, setting up a... Uh, a Toulouse against Featherstone final, which um, would be played in France and, and would be interesting. There's um, a little bit of feeling, feeling building up between those two two clubs. Toulouse are the only championship team to have beaten Featherstone this year. I know Featherstone aren't too happy that Toulouse rewarded the league leader shield, having only played 14 games, whereas Featherstone played 21. But... Um, it sets things up nicely if that is indeed the grand final for uh, for quite a thrilling encounter. But looking at Toulouse, the way they've handled a lot of adversity this year, they haven't played a home game yet. The game against Batley will be the first on their home ground this year. They've had to travel regularly to England and you've got to say they've done incredibly well to, to go through 14 games unbeaten. But again... It's all in the day in playoffs, isn't it? And stranger things have, have happened. I think Featherstone, should they get there, will um, will quietly fancy their chances of of winning in France and, and securing promotion to Super League. So uh, a thrilling couple of weeks coming up in the Championship. And it's great to see 
that division getting live coverage on Sky. I know there's talk of low division rugby being televised by Premier from next season, which would uh, which would be a good thing in my view. I really like the championship. It's a it's a, a good standard of rugby. There's some good teams, some good players there, and it's good to see it getting um, the sort of coverage it deserves. Yes, indeed. Um, I don't think I can really argue with your predictions there, Peter. I think, uh, as I say, Batley have had a tremendous season. A colleague of mine on the Yorkshire Post, Chris Maguire, he's a huge Batley fan and he goes all over with them. And I'm really pleased for Chris um, because he is a, a Batley loyalist who's been with them through thin and thinner. And it, it's nice for people like that who do support the local team um, to get their day in the sun, as it were. And... It's looked all season, you keep expecting Batley to fall away uh, because of their limited resources and smaller squad, shall we say. But but they've hung on in there and, as you say, Craig Lingard's done a fantastic job as well. And I'm sure you know anybody at the club at the start of the season, if you'd said they'd be playing to lose in France for a place in the grand final, would have snapped your hand and arm off for that, I'm sure. And uh, a great day for them. Again, a team with nothing to lose. Uh, they can go there and if they pull off an unlikely shot, well, be the result of their, this or any other season. And if they don't, well, there's something to build on again for next year. Uh, again, with Featherstone, Halifax were like the first rugby league team really covered on a regular basis. So I've always had a soft spot for them, but they've never really looked like coming back to the the top flight since they went down. Although, you know, it must be nearly 20 years ago now, I'd say, but... Uh, Again, you'd fancy Featherstone there, I think. Featherstone and Toulouse have had their cards on the table from the start of the season, haven't they, really, to to get into Super League. And it'd be interesting, whichever one of those teams eventually does, whether they could actually make a go of it. As you say, Toulouse have seemed really so far above the rest of the division. I know they haven't played as many games as Featherstone, but each game they've played, they've won, including beating Featherstone. And they look to have the basis of a good team that might well come up and compete. I know we always say you obviously have to have some more experienced and Super League players, but the foundations certainly seem to be there that if they did get promoted, um, they may well be able to make a go of it, you know, rather than the situation Lee found themselves in this year, for example, where they were sort of promoted very late on and didn't really get a chance to sign kind of players that would have kept them up in the longer term and basically ended up with a couple of wins, didn't they? So that's maybe something for the future, but just something that I was thinking about earlier this week and uh, be interesting to see. And, and similarly, Featherstone, you know, they have a lot of experience in their squad, haven't they? A lot of top flight experience. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm quite sure, again, with some shrewd additions, that they would be capable of competing in Super League whilst not underestimating the leap between the two divisions, which is obviously a big one. But, you know, good luck to all our Yorkshire teams, as we always say. <laughs> Any or all of you, if you can get into the finals, that would be great. And uh, be certainly a nice end to this, what's been, again, a, a difficult season, really, for all clubs. And, uh, again, some of the candidates... They're not the ones you might have expected to be there at the at this stage of the season. So let's hope that one or two of them can pull off a shock. Mm. Just 
couple of uh, final items of business I think we ought to mention. Just as we've started to record this podcast, Chris Chester's back in rugby league. The Wakefield coach who was sacked in August, taking up um, head of rugby role at relegated Lee Centurions. So he'll yeah. be charged with bringing them back up into Super League. Um, has not made any secret on this podcast of the fact that uh, I'm a big Chris Chester fan. I think he's a top bloke. I think he did a good job at Wakefield um, for the most part. I'm really pleased to see him back in the game, although not currently in Super League. Obviously, you're a Wakefield fan. Rich, what, uh, what do you make of that? Yeah, it's an interesting one. Uh, as you say, we were just chatting about it before we came on air because it was a bit of a, su- a surprise. And <laughs> given the some of the adversity and difficulties had at Wakefield down the years, um, you know, obviously Lee going down now, it's, it's going to be enough of a tough job for Chris, but maybe just out of the actual coaching spotlight and, and working in the background, doing other things as a more of a director of rugby might be something which suits him. And, uh, you know, there's no doubt that when he first came into Wakefield, he did a tr- tremendous job. Things went a bit awry at the end and obviously COVID and limited finances didn't help him there. Uh, but I think it's an interesting appointment for Lee. Derek Beaumont, someone in, you know, certainly knows his own mind, doesn't he? And I smiled to myself as well because the other week I saw Chris uh, driving around, as it turned out temporarily, in a car with a Halifax garage on the side. And I, I was wondering if he was heading over that way for a new job. But then the next time I saw him, he was back in his usual car. So. Uh, that's uh, journalists spreading fake news there. But, uh, yeah, I'm glad to see Chris back in the game. He, he, a bit disillusioned, wasn't he, when he finished at Wakefield, saying he wasn't too sure what his next move would be or whether, you know, even towards the end at Wakefield, he was saying whether he even wanted to stay in the game. And it would have been a shame if he'd been lost to the game. So, you know, I'm glad he's been able to get sorted out and in plenty of time uh, before the next season uh, it's not a late appointment they've got him in now and he, he can have a good look at Lee and what he thinks is right and wrong there and uh, get to work on getting them back into Super League and um, the last thing to mention the Women's Super League Grand Final which we'll talk more about next week but is to be staged at Emerald Headingley on Sunday the 10th of October and it'll be a cracker Leeds Rhinos Finished second in the table to St Helens. They've only lost once on the field this season, and that was two Saints in a Challenge Cup semi-final. Saints, the league leaders, as mentioned, unbeaten, very good team. The two sides go head-to-head at Headingley, and um, it'll be a great occasion. Hope Leeds are hoping for a big crowd. It's live on Sky as well. It's preceded by the um, Shield final, which I think is Featherstone against Huddersfield. Um, and judging by the two semi-finals, which were televised last weekend, I think there's a lot, a lot to look forward to. I enjoy the women's game, particularly at the top end of it. Some of the quality in, in Super League's variable, but the top teams um, are good. They play the game the right way. A lot of the things that have spoiled the men's game, the wrestling, that sort of thing, aren't yet a factor in the women's yeah. game. Leeds will give it a, a good go, Saints. As the unbeaten side will be the favourites. They've got some really cracking players. They're a terrific defensive side and a lot of pace on attack. 
Um, Leeds have got a lot of injuries, didn't play particularly well, certainly in the first half of the semi-final against Europe. They were 10 points down at half-time, but they showed a lot of character to come back into the game and to um, to snatch it in the second half. And if you have got the opportunity to get along a week on Sunday, get to the game. It will be a terrific occasion. I'm sure there'll be a really good atmosphere. And... Um, I hope, I hope it will showcase everything that's good about Women's Rugby League. Yeah, it's a great achievement by Leeds, isn't it? I think I was reading in your report the other day, it's the, is it the fifth final they've reached since they were formed? Third. It's the third. They were formed in 2018. They lost um, controversially in the last seconds to Wigan in 2018, having topped the table. Um, beat Saint, uh, Sorry, beat Castleford in 2019 there was no competition last year but yeah. they're back in, in the final again this year it's interesting actually that um, Saints have finished top of the table this year but in the last three grand finals the league leaders have been beaten Leeds by Wigan uh, Castleford by Leeds sorry in the last two so it will be um, it will be fascinating to see if Saints can, uh, can break that jinx this time, hopefully, Leeds can um, Leeds can come up with a special performance and win it. Yeah, another another good opportunity for a local side, and all teed up nicely. Um, as you say, the thing I've I probably said it on here in in the past. The thing I enjoy about the women's game is is a bit of a throwback to to how the men's game was in terms of the fact that players do still take each other on, don't they? A lot more, you know the. Not quite that feeling of two sets of 13 just running at each other and knocking each other to the ground. Um, there is that scope for a little bit more. I'm not saying that the men's game isn't skillful by any means, but there is that scope for a bit more stepping and dummying and nipping through gaps and that that maybe don't open up to the same degree in the men's game anymore. And uh, obviously amateurs as well, aren't they? They're playing for the love of the game. And, uh, and you know, that's more power to their elbow as well you know people putting their bodies on the line uh, to try and win things uh, without any sort of financial reward for it so you know, may the best team win and just one final thing I wanted to mention while we were talking about grand finals I thought it was a nice little touch that Rob Burrow has been asked to present the Harry Sunderland award this year Peter two-time previous winner of the award and I think that's a nice touch by by the game to to give Rob the chance to present that man. It's the man of the match, isn't it, for the grand final, the men's grand final. Um, so I, th I thought that was a nice touch by the game to keep Rob's profile up and, and uh, the things he's doing to try and find a cure for the terrible motor neurone disease that he's suffering from. And on that note, we again will wish all our teams the very best of luck, the men and women, and Hunsell as well, I think, who are playing in the conference playoffs, aren't they, this weekend as well. So that's another local team. And let's hope that some of them at least can reach the final. And when we come back next week, uh, we'll have some more good games to preview. But for now, we'll leave it there. Uh, just with my weekly reminders that you can get the very latest uh, news from the Evening Post website, yorkshireeveningpost.co.uk, from Peter's Twitter feed, at PeterSmithYEP the Yorkshire Post and the Evening Post we have Twitter accounts at YEP Sport and at YEP Sports Desk 
Thanks again to Peter for his comments and hopefully we'll be back soon.